We are parents, teachers, and educators. And like you, we're passionate about restoring our culture for Christ. This is Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Hello again, I'm Marlon Detweiler, and this is Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Today we have Jeremy Tate with us, who has produced something that I know you're going to be interested in, uh, the CLT. We will unpack what that is in just a moment. But first of all, I'd like you to meet Jeremy. Welcome. Marlon, uh, great to, to see you. I think we first connected maybe six or seven years ago, early, early CLT days. You've always been a great friend. Uh, excited for the conversation. Tell us a little bit about your uh, family and personal background. Yeah, we are currently drowning in babies, which is a glorious thing. We've got six kiddos. Drowning in one. babies. I haven't ever Drown- heard it said like that, but that's pretty good. Drowning great. in babies. Yeah, one, one to 17. So I, they're not all babies, but but, but very blessed on the home front. Uh, yeah, I'm a dad. I'm a graduate of Reformed uh, Theological Seminary. I uh, started CLT back in 2015 uh, and have been um, in the role as CEO here since about 2019. Very good. So uh, what is the age range of your children? So we're 17, 15, 12, 10, 3, and 1. Wow. So we we started saying we came out of retirement because, you know, four <laughs> years ago. A gap in the action anyway. That's right. Our, our oldest, our, our youngest was seven years old, you know, we and it was easy. And then, uh, but but kids are so good. They're worth all the nights, you know, cleaning up, throw up, and all, <laughs> all the pain is so worth every minute of it. <laughs> That's great. Well, let's move into our topic at hand. What is the CLT? Yeah, so the classic learning test, uh, fundamentally, it's a way to challenge uh, the college board. Uh, So we are really focused on the college board. We launched as an alternative to the college board, uh, really by seeing the influence. Uh, So if you haven't heard of the college board, or maybe you have, but Marlon, I would describe the college board as the most powerful entity, really, uh, in American education, uh, by owning and controlling the AP uh, the AP curriculum, the AP test, the PSAT, the SAT, the AccuPlacer, um, they are a billion dollar empire. Uh, and they they they've never been um uh, they've always been on the left, I would say, but they are now aggressively secular. Um and uh and I, I think in many ways far more um powerful in undermining the mission of uh Christian schools. Uh, and th- this is what I'm talking about. When I launched CLT in 2015, one of the catalysts was an experience I had. I was working at, at Mount DeSales Academy. Uh, it's a faithfully Catholic all-girls school in Catonsville, Maryland. And these Dominican sisters there, they wanted to um, they wanted to be very focused on, on scripture, philosophy, classical literature. And uh, they introduced two new classes in 2015. One was an intro to Christian apologetics. Okay. Another was uh, an intro to philosophy, and very, very few students signed up for either class. And I was part of talking to students saying, why why don't you want to take the you know apologetics or why don't you want to take the philosophy? And the number one answer from the top students was that it's not any AP points. I don't get any AP credits right. for this. It's not going to, you know, and um, I thought, wow, he, here we've got this aggressively secular testing company in New York that is having this kind of an impact on what happens to our our Christian school in Catonsville, Maryland. 
And uh, and just talking to other folks, talk, I was also running an SAT prep company, uh, working with a number of homeschoolers. And at the same time, Marlon, the SAT and the ACT, they both align with the Common Core Standards. And a lot of folks in the homeschool world were not happy about that move. Yeah. So there was a demand for a new option. And in some ways, the CLT happened. I, I was actually researching who was making the alternative because I thought, of course, someone's making the alternative because there's such a demand for it. Everybody hates the College Board and ACT. They hate that they've aligned with Common Core. And in the course of researching who is making the alternative, I discovered nobody's making the alternative. Uh, there's an opportunity here. Interesting. So the SAT is owned by the College Board. That's a nonprofit business, correct? They would say so. The CEO racked in almost $2 million this past okay. year, but they are technically, <laughs> their tax status is, is, a, is a 501c3. Yeah, but uh, being paid well is a different issue for nonprofits. Yeah, no, can be the case. So, who owns the ACT? ACT is its own company, and it's called ACT as well. Okay, and they are the ones that have been the standard uh, in many instances for uh, a a measurement across students that, to get into colleges. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and part of the history of American education, and this is why I think that, that the SAT and ACT are so interesting to anyone, anyone who cares about American education, you know, essentially, if you look at the Harvard entrance exam, Marlon, from the 1850s and 60s, yeah. they're I, translating. I have actually used it in yeah. books. Oh, yeah. Okay, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah. You, you know that they're translating Greek. They're translating Latin. Yep. Um and then fast forward, the, the college board is then founded in 1900. And the initial idea was unifying the admissions process for kids wanting to go to, to the elite Ivy, Ivy League schools. Uh, but then what happens is, is you have World War I and a, a, a new kind of testing is developed in World War I. Uh, it, was, it was the Army Alpha Test. And the idea behind the Army Alpha Test was to very quickly figure out who was going to basically be in intelligence and who was going to be on the front lines. You know, talk about high-stakes testing. Uh, and so they wanted to identify high cognitive ability and keep those people back in intelligence. Uh, and everybody else, you're going to the front lines, you're going to go run into, into a, an arm, army of bullets in, in Europe. And um, But they used that same concept to develop the SAT in the 1920s. It rolls out in 1926, and it's not used that heavily, actually, until the end of World War II. And the end of World War II with the, II with the GI Bill, you have a ton of, of, of mostly young men wanting to go to college and limited seats available. So colleges quickly become highly competitive. And the SAT is then used as kind of the main sorting mechanism to see yeah. who's going to get in. Yep. Very good. So why is the CLT a better alternative uh, than the SAT and ACT? So what we've been saying is two things. One is that the, the tests end up driving the curriculum. And and, and they, the, the test is both a reflection of mainstream education, as we see in the case of the Harvard entrance exam in the 1850s and 60s. It's a reflection of mainstream ed, and it's a driver of mainstream ed at the same time. And so the SAT and ACT have gone highly ideological. They have aligned themselves with the Common Core state standards, which if you don't know anything about the Common Core, the new weird math they're doing I know, way too much way too much <laughs> i know you're talking about anti-class had to say that <laughs> yeah 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 fantastic um so what we think for a student you know who's going through a great 
homeschool. Um, you know, and, and I know you've, you've been leading the way here for decades, Marlon. Um, we think the CLT is a better tool to demonstrate academic ability yeah. than the, the SAT. It doesn't mean that a homeschool kid is not going to do great on the SAT still. They're actually going to do just fine. They're going to do probably very well. What we do see is that public school students tend to really struggle with the CLT or aspects of the CLT. They just haven't read much philosophy. They haven't read much classical literature. Yeah, I I understand that. And, and I, I think that a, a significant thing, we have, uh, uh, you know, in our curriculum, we have a heavy emphasis in reading and studying the classical literature. And it really does help parse our students among themselves uh, but you're right. Our the students that graduate from Veritas Scholars Academy, our online school, uh, do remarkably on the ACT and the SAT, and so that that remains some value because it does help yeah. them by a separate standard. But it doesn't help them in terms of seeing how they're doing compared to each other, and that's a really valuable yeah. thing. Yeah, and and you know you've seen this from the time that you started Veritas. What was that? The nineteen 19- 1996. 1996. Okay. 92 was our first involvement uh, where we started the Geneva School in Orlando, but Veritas was not incorporated until 96. Okay. 96. So even, yeah, back then and maybe all the way until, you know, 2008 in the housing crisis, homeschoolers were still kind of seen as colleges didn't know what to think. Right. And I would say almost unquestionably now colleges know um, these kids are normal. There's actually a high premium on just normal right now. A kid who's going to come and not be a, It's about time. <laughs> yeah. A kid who's going to come and not be a basket case is like that's colleges are are hungry for those students. Like just be normal. That's so nice. Um and yeah, and these are leaders on campus, you know, and, and so yeah. they've yeah. gone from being kind of kind of weird to like the most desirable students that colleges are looking for, kids coming out of places like Veritas. Yeah. How how do you alleviate or how can we help alleviate any fear that a student might have that they might have a bad result uh, when they see the SAT and they know what to expect that it's been going on for decades? It's one thing, but because you're testing better, you're testing more precisely, you're probably testing more significantly. I, I know you are. Uh, students might have a fear uh, of that. How do you alleviate that fear? Great question. How do you alleviate the fear? Well, it is true, Marlon, the CLT just subjectively, it is the hardest of the three. It's not wildly harder, but it is clearly the hardest of the three options. Um, And you think about SAT and ACT have had basically a market incentive to make their tests a little bit easier than yeah. the other one, right? Yeah. It's it's how you're going to be the the way to get more scholarships and, and admissions. And so there's been this race to the bottom. CLT tried to come in and kind of hit the reset button. And uh, and so the plus side of that is that colleges, regardless of the score, I've been shocked to see this number of colleges will say they, they have tied some scholarship money to just submitting any CLT score, regardless of what it is, because they know what kind of student that they're going to get. The so very fact taking the that test, a student takes yeah. the test is an indication that they're a student of a different elk. Ilk. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's perfectly said. Exactly. Um, and then the other is that we, we have in CLT analytics, we have what are called uh, uh, user norms, and, and you can also see the national norms. And sometimes when a student or a parent will see 
user norms, meaning all the other students that are taking the CLT, it can be discouraging because we do have kids from great classical homeschools and classical Christian schools. So the user base of CLT, these are kids who on the SAT average about a 1250, very, very high. But when you compare that to the national norms, uh, then then students, even who don't do great on the CLT, are still going to be well above the national average. In our education, whether it's be parents buying curriculum from us or schools buying curriculum from us or our online school, we never encourage teaching to the test. And a lot of the public school environments, even private schools, have done a lot of that. Within the academic time, they are preparing students to get a good number on their SAT, ACT, or maybe even CLT. I'm not aware of any schools doing that directly, uh, but I could. it's conceivable. But we've taken a very different tact. We say, we're trying to teach for the sake of learning, and we're keeping sure. our content and what we think is most important to know. Uh, but we also recognize that test prep is something worth investing in. And so we have invested and recommended students do test prep, uh, separate courses outside of academic time to prepare for these standardized tests like ACT, SAT, CLT. How how has the test prep world addressed the CLT test? Are there places out there that are addressing and helping students prepare for it? You know, more and more, uh, it's funny that you asked that question. Just a couple of weeks ago, I I, I thought, I wonder what happens if you put CLT prep in in Amazon, what comes up? And somebody was selling CLT prep guide. We ordered it. It was no good. We're now putting our prep guide up on Amazon uh, as well. But, you know, yes, it's happening now. More and more test prep companies are offering CLT prep as well. Um, I often describe test prep as actually something that really has kept the SAT and ACT entrenched. In some ways, think about for a minute the whole test prep industry as like the marketing arm of the SAT and ACT, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And so they're, oh, what do I got to study for? Oh, yeah, I got to register for the SAT too, right? So the SAT and ACT love it, right? They love that that's actually happening. But I, I think test prep can be can be dangerous, soul-sucking, uh, right? It, it can be a bad experience. So what we want to do for Veritas students, for other homeschool students um, is is reinforce, be putting them in front of the same kinds of texts. And I think, Marlon, we're talking about a kind of fluency here. You know, if you have read Pilgrim's Progress, uh, if you're familiar, you, you can pick up and read, you know, C.S. Lewis, you're going to have the kind of fluency that is going to, where you're going to do just just fine on yeah. the CLT. It really, it, yeah, it's really funny. It's an acquired ability to read classical literature. But once you've read a book or two, you've opened up 2,000, maybe 4,000. I, I have to think about the number I don't, off the top of my head, not 4,000, but two, 3,000 years worth of literature. Yeah. You've got to be able to take that and contextualize it. And that's that's a very important skill. And what it does to produce in students their ability to converse and lead is incredible. And testing in that category is invaluable. Yeah, think? yeah. I, I think the analogy I like to use with test prep, Marlon, is is like I love running. I love cross country running. Uh, I love to watch it at least, right? I, not not <laughs> as much racing on this 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 age anymore. But uh, 
you know, nobody PRs, nobody sets a personal record their first time on a new course. You know, you've got to get familiar with the hills and where the stream is and where the giant log is similar with test prep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I was always, you know, I, my, my strengths academically were in math and thinking pretty logically came fairly naturally. So I tested well, but some students don't uh, test well uh, because they don't they don't think in terms of systematic elimination of answers and and proclivities and likelihoods and that sort of thing in the same way. Uh, are those students uh, uh, handled any? Do those students have any different experience or results uh, than what they might in the ACT SAT? You know, sometimes we do hear folks say, oh, I'm so glad you, you made an alternative. I did terrible on the SAT and ACT, you know, back in the day. And, and I'll think, I, I don't know that you would necessarily do better. You know, we actually retained a number of the things that are no longer part of the new SAT. So you remember when you took the SAT, when I took it, uh, there were analogies, right? Yeah. There were a ton of analogies. It was oh, like yeah. all analogies. There's none now, not one on the new SAT. That's too not hard. One. That's too hard. The thinking's too hard for them, huh? Yeah, well, it's, the analogies are considered aptitude testing, and aptitude testing is now a no-no, right? And so the scholastic aptitude testing, according to the CEO of the test, he says we've eliminated every aspect of aptitude testing. Now. Wow. So what is it then? Well, it's a common core achievement test is now what the test actually okay. is. We've At CLT, we have retained some of the hallmarks of aptitude testing. So there are analogy questions. There are logic questions on the math side. How many colleges are you? Well, I realize this is a, a moving target. So let me ask the question differently so that uh, this interview remains a bit more evergreen. Uh, but let me ask a question uh, about it's notable as we look at the schools that have accepted it, some really good schools, schools that get a lot of our kids. Uh, but the big schools, the big state schools, the Ohio States, Penn States, Michigans, Florida, I could go on. I'm uh, thinking in terms of the sports uh, that I follow and that's what the other schools come. Yeah, yeah. What's it take to get uh, them to accept the CLT or to recognize it maybe is the right term? Yeah, sure. And, and Marlon, I, I don't know when this is going to drop this podcast, but but we're very excited about the state of Florida. Uh, and so you, you may yeah. have seen, you know, the CLT, we were in recent legislation, which ties CLT scores to Bright Future scholarships. Now, Bright Future is, is the, is the, most well-funded, most well-known scholarship in the country. The whole idea is to keep Florida kids in Florida uh, with Bright Futures. Yeah. And with this, they've taken Florida State to top 20 nationally. University of Florida now ranks next to UVA and the University of Michigan. It's, it's ranked number five. Not that I care a whole lot about U.S. News and World Report things anyway, but uh, these are schools that are on an incredible trajectory. And um, there's a lot of love for CLT. So we are it, it hasn't happened yet, but we're in conversation with a lot of folks in Florida. And we are, I would just say, very optimistic that within the next four, six, eight weeks uh, that we will be fully adopted uh, at Florida State, the University of Florida, yeah. uh, all the all the Florida publics as well. But that that we, we believe that's going to happen because of, of legislation that came about. Uh, and we, we see that happening in three or four other states as well. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, we we tried making CLT palatable to big universities. Um, and I, I remember, Marlon, you'll love this story, but I, I sat down with a public university in 2017 or 2018. 
And they had looked at CLT and they gave me the meeting because I had a connection there. And they said, we can't, we can't use this as an admissions test. We can't accept this. I said, why not? Why can't you? And he says, you've got C.S. Lewis. You got John Paul II in here. And so those are two of the greatest minds of the entire 20th century. And they were, they were literally just of the presumption that because they're, those were Christian people, uh, that they're just going to be discriminated against, that they don't get a seat at the table. That's where mainstream higher ed is at. Oh, I know. And they think it's completely excusable. In fact, they thought it was unreasonable that I thought we wouldn't eliminate them. Uh, you know, and I, I said, look, I didn't even say you have to agree with C.S. Lewis or John Paul II, okay. but to be a, a well-read person, and this is the guy that had a greater influence in ending communism than maybe anyone else on the planet. Shouldn't students read his thoughts? You know, I, I mean, and th this is the the kind of bias that is so normal and yeah. assumed in mainstream higher ed. Yeah, we we've taken a very different tack than I suspect uh, you have with testing as well. But we've got students reading Darwin. We got them reading Nietzsche. We've got them reading uh, um, Hitler. Uh, we want them to understand the people that we disagree with. As Christians, yeah. we want them to be able to articulate when when they go into the world as adults, if they don't understand what they're fighting against, how can they possibly expect to thrive and maybe even survive? We've taken yeah. a very different tact, and it, it's really a sad state of affairs that we find ourselves choosing ignorance regardless of what the content might be uh, in terms of trying to understand in our educational process. Yeah. And, and we do, Marlon, for, just for clarity, we, we do have the, the, those same authors on our author bank. And there's only about 190 on there, but but people go down there like Karl Marx, Frederick <laughs> Nietzsche, like what is going on there? You know, we said, well, yeah. we're not, we're not endorsing them necessarily, <laughs> but you need to be able to read. I think this was a hallmark of an educated person for centuries of being Absolutely. able to read and understand something you didn't agree with without having an emotional meltdown, right? Yeah. And and now that's, that's it's... Uh, Start with emotional meltdown and be melted and yeah. you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's something, yeah. So here's a here's a, uh, a question that gets you to think of, about uh, your trajectory. Uh, when will you've arrived and not think of yourself or promote yourself as an alternative? Yeah, it's. I love the question, and it's, and it's very, very timely. Um, you know, we've never wanted to be a classical niche alternative to the College Board. Uh, our goal has been to replace the College Board. That that's been our goal. Our goal is to be number one. We believe we can do that with with a better vision for education. I, and look, we've got the best folks from Grove City, from Hillsdale, uh, from St. John's College in Annapolis. We've got an incredible team here. But that that is the goal. Is and that may take us. 30 years to get there, but we're really, really hungry. And I think we went from like a joke to the college board to a little bit more annoying. And, and now we're, we're pretty annoying. And, you Don't know. you love when somebody has got you in their rear view mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And at some point plan to pass them. <laughs> yep. That's the plan. That's the hope. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we do want to, we want to be the, the gold standard uh, for what it means. Uh, the, 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 the metric, the measuring stick, Marlon. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Um, so students can take the test online from home. Tell us how that works. Uh, tell us how parents can understand that so that they can consider it 
We have yep. arrangements within our online school for the CLT uh, to be taken, but I think it would be good to hear from you how that plays out. Yeah, so it's remotely proctored. You don't have to go to a test site. Uh, it's incredible technology. And so the student will sit down to test. Maybe they're in their basement or living room and uh, they hit start recording. And uh, it's going to be doing two things. It's going to be making sure there's you know nobody next to them whispering answers or something. But also we're doing uh, a keystroke analysis, which is automated as well. I think it's as secure or even more secure as traditionally proctored tests where you've got one person pacing up and down the aisles and looking over your shoulder or whatnot. So but it's shorter, and then we get results back to students within about a week. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that's incredible. Uh, so what uh, you mentioned, uh, the progress that you see becoming the gold standard uh, and may take 30 years. What should we anticipate over the next year and over the next five years from you all? Yeah, we, we anticipate other states following uh, Florida's lead, you know, following. Uh, and so I would anticipate that to be states like Texas and Arkansas, South Carolina. Uh, and we're, we're in conversation with, with folks at the legislative level already in some of those states. So I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see also a big, big jump, Marlon, in, in lower grade testing. And so third, fourth, fifth, and sixth is where we anticipate the most rapid growth. And, you know, I, I love to, 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 to share this with you, but um, you know, NWEA Maps is a is a testing company used on the Catholic side. It's used by over two thousand Catholic schools. It's used by um, a lot of Christian schools, a lot of homeschoolers as well. Well, NWEA Maps got exposed in a big way just a few months ago. Uh, they had on their on their website uh, multiple pages of how you introduce uh, young children to um, LGBTQ plus. Uh, friendliness, how you teach them to become allies in the movement. Oh, so much so, Marlon, that they were recommending as a read aloud for kindergartners um, how the how the drag queens dress goes swish, swish, swish. Now, they put this book, How the Drag Queens Dress Goes Swish, 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 to the sound of the wheels on the bus. And they 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 sing it out loud with with five-year-olds, five-year-olds, you know? And uh, and so they've gone just just full-born ideological. And so what we've done with lower grades is we have looked at, well, what did, what did they do 100 years ago? What kind of stories did our grandparents think were important? So the kids are reading poetry. They're reading excerpts from fairy tales. They're reading excerpts from Grimm, Grimm's, uh, you know, sure. from, from, from Brothers Grimm or from Aesop's Fables, uh, these kinds of texts. And, uh, been a, yeah, big a big demand for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, Folks, we have had Jeremy Tate, the founder and CEO of CLT Classical, excuse me, Classic Learning Test uh, with us on Veritas Vox today. Jeremy, thank you. Hey, Marlon, you've been a great friend for uh, a long time to CLT. Appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, yeah, excited to keep the conversation going. We're happy to continue to partner with you. Folks, thank you for joining us at Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. 